listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Speak earth and bless me with what is riches. Make sky flow honey out of my hips. Riggis mountains spread over a valley. Pretty sure that's rigid mountains. Carved out ah! by the, carved out by the mouth of rain. And I knew when I entered her I was high wind in her forest hollow. Fingers whispering sound, honey flowed from the split cup impaled on a lance of tongues on the tips of her breast on her navel and my breath howling into her entrances through lungs of pain greedy as herring gulls or a cry or a child i swing out over the earth over and over again hey welcome to the black out test podcast your host rod and karen this is very erotic well you know what i'm saying sometimes poetry be about you know different things karen true it's not I all black power i wasn't expecting it that's all well you know what you just got to get out there talk about love um we are live on a wednesday uh the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport it's bullet ball and bullet ball extreme this is the blackout tips find us on itunes stitcher podomatic search the blackout tips leave us five star reviews and if we like them we'll read them on the show we love when you guys do that on itunes and stitcher specifically we go find them and we read them we don't care what country you're from we don't care how long it is we love it and it honestly is a great free way to show support for the show yes it is there's we have thousands and thousands of listeners we do not have thousands and thousands of itunes reviews if everyone left one itunes review we'd be at the top of the fucking charts i'd also like to thank spotify for highlighting us in their black history month black voices section um along with many other black podcasts you can find out i'm happy to be one of the independent voices that is out there Mm -hmm. um talking about that um let's see what else i was gonna say oh and we also have a contest if you live in the dc area um one one of our listeners miss smart uh she has an extra ticket to black panther uh this uh february 15th that's thursday um at 8 p.m and she is gonna just give it away email us the blackout tips at gmail.com if you live in the area thursday the 15th uh the ticket is at uh ua snowden square stadium one and it's in columbia maryland um so if you guys uh if somebody wants a real 3d with assigned seats uh ticket and you're in that area and you're willing to drive and go to the, go there at eight o'clock on thursday night um hit us up the blackout tips at gmail.com mm-hmm. um all right uh we are also sponsored by shadow doll productions we have a couple audio play albums out and uh you can check them out the best of rod and karen and sunspot and other ratchetness and karen and i do audio plays with many people that you guys know and heard on the show and we're fun and we're silly and uh it's just sitting out there for you to check out on spotify and title and amazon and itunes all that stuff it helps out tremendously when you guys go out and do that it does all right let's talk all kinds of stuff is going on did we do tasing bullet ball oh wait uh, we didn't okay um the official I weapon we did, of, I, I thought forgot. we did the Sorry. official weapon of the show is the taser and unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme uh so let's get into news there's all kinds of news to get into um the russians penetrated the u.s voter system says a top u.s official aka the voting system was hacked no shit 
the u.s official in charge of protecting american elections from hacking says the russians successfully penetrated the voter registration rolls of several u.s states prior to the 2016 presidential election an exclusive interview with nbc news jeanette malfra the head of cybersecurity at the department of homeland security says she couldn't talk about classified information publicly but in 2016 we saw a targeting of 21 states and an exceptionally small number of them were actually successfully penetrated uh jed johnson who was a dhs secretary during the russian intrusion said 2016 was a wake-up call and now it's incumbent upon states and the feds to do something about it before our democracy is attacked again um we were able to determine that the scanning and probing of voter registration databases was coming from the russian government nbc news reported september 2016 that more than 20 states have been targeted by the russians there's no evidence that any registration roles were altered in any fashion yet in a new nbc news survey monkey poll 79 percent of respondents said they were somewhat or very concerned from the country that the country's voting system might be vulnerable to computer hackers in january 2017 just weeks before leaving his post johnson declared the nation's electoral system uh part of the nation's federally protected critical infrastructure a designation that applies to entities like the power grid that could be attacked it may protect the electoral systems and official duty of the dhs but johnson told nbc news he's now worried that since the 2016 election a lot of states have done little to nothing to actually harden their cyber security so it could happen again so yeah when uh you win the popular vote by three million for democrats and uh you still lose this kind of shit is going to matter and you would hope that uh yeah they're not going to get the funds they requested let's say a state get serious about it. they're not going to get their funds because he doesn't give a fuck right and the fact that it's looking to individual states to protect it and not the federal government necessarily mm, that's stupid and each state does voting differently come on it's a it's a hell of a thing to organize and if any state just is less organized than another that could be it uh there was a super rare um there was a super there was a rare super blue blood moon um sighting uh earlier this week and a lot of people was excited about the super moon i don't even know what that means it's a big red it's when you can see the moon in the sky and it's like huge and it's red you never seen one before i've seen it a few times yeah it's pretty cool it's called a super blue blood moon it was actually three fairly common lunar happenings all happened at the same time scientists say the information gathered could during the event could help them figure out where where to land a rover on the moon uh what it is is uh the moon is full and it's the second full moon of the calendar month which has been termed a blue moon okay the moon is on a 28 day cycle so that happens only once in a while or as you can say once in a blue moon Mm. next the moon is known as a super moon because it's especially close to earth because making it appear larger and brighter than normal okay the moon doesn't orbit the earth in a perfect circle it's an ellipse uh ellipses which means um there are times during the orbit when it's thousands of miles closer to earth than others um and it can appear 17 percent larger than normal during than when it's at its furthest point than its orbit compared to its closest mm. um and most interesting is uh it all coincides with the lo- total lunar eclipse um uh, that's why this is called a blood moon as the moon make, makes this close full moon approach to earth it's going to pass through the earth's shadow and the earth's shadow is going to cause the moon to appear a deep red color um okay yep you got this wonderful combination it's just loading up to play with all the wonderful things the moon can show us i said that is beautiful yeah Um, yeah i've seen a full moon but i've never seen that yeah it's kind of dope um 
you know now watch out for that super crypt moon okay because the super crypt moon don't play that shit all right Mm -mm. they catch you looking at the super blood moon you get jacked um doritos is making a lady friendly chip for women that doesn't crunch is it gonna be soggy what the fuck chips crunch not for the ladies i guess i ain't no lady i like my chips to crunch well then uh you must not want no man okay now, apparently i don't all that chip crunching is why y'all single now okay <laughs> level up <laughs> have the mentality of a wife okay walking around with the my mentality of a girlfriend mm-hmm. crunching these damn chips mm-hmm. so y'all just want women to be quiet so what happened if a man eat it by accident does does obviously you know, does that man have a problem he will find he will if he eat it by accident he'll find a man who will be attracted to him uh, apparently so because that's what the chips are saying i mean that's what chips do you know how fellas you know how big a turnoff it is when you see a woman eating chips and they got a crunch and you be like ugh. <laughs> I hope you don't think I'm gonna stick my penis in there after you crunch them chips. <laughs> Hell no. Um, <laughs> yeah, they said crumbs and shit crunching. Although women would love to crunch chips loudly, lick their fingers, and pour crumbs from the bag in their mouth afterwards, they prefer not to do this in public. You watch a lot of young guys eat the chips, and they love their Doritos, and they lick their fingers with great glee. And when they reach the bottom of the bag, they put a little broken piece into their mouth because they don't want to lose that taste or flavor and the broken chips at the bottom women would love to do the same but they don't they don't like to crunch too loudly in public they don't like to lick their fingers it's not a male and female as much as that as are there snacks for women that can be designed and packaged differently and yes we're looking at it and we're just getting ready to launch a bunch of them soon Mm, there's a lot of fucking insecure women honey crunch them fucking chips the low crunch triangular snacks will even come in special packs specifically designed to fit in women's bags however women campaigners have slammed the unusual move as a tired gender stereotype right right it's fucking insulting are you gonna make the chips that go in the uh, men's uh back pockets or the going a wallets no but then what the fuck are we talking about yeah i actually uh kind of want them to make it so i can buy some I mean, they can fit in your purse. This is uh, neat. Give me some cargo shorts, and I have chips. I can take it to the movies with me. I mean, I'm not until you tried it. And they don't crunch, so I won't be disturbing anyone in the theater. Uh, the low crunch triangular <laughs> snacks. <laughs> oh wait. Oh, so you already you also you already in on them. You like? Oh, I don't, I don't give. I don't give. Listen, fuck. I'm gonna try if, chips. If they're stupid ass gender, like <laughs> right, weird weird ass way of promoting this shit leads to a better package of chips that don't crunch and uh don't don't break in the bag and are in smaller bags i will buy some for myself i don't yeah, i mean i don't support this because of how they're marketing it right that's, that's trash but right but but can't you just say hey we got a new chip for people who don't like because there might be some dudes that don't like crunchy chips mm-hmm. so why are you talking to us women i'll tell you how they can win this battle though they need to have a commercial and only trans women can be in the commercial because that'll be so super progressive and forward thinking that all the people that are like offended on some feminism shit will have to like step back and be like oh but they were so inclusive of the in the fucking campaign for the chips even though the idea is reduct reductive as fuck see that's how you gotta blow their minds but ain't nobody working there that thought that because the person that working there if a person that works there thought like that they wouldn't have made these chips in the first place come on 
uh no doubt some male consumers will welcome the chance to have a bigger package but the idea of shrinking products for women no doubt for the same price is as old as the ad men making these decisions said the women's equality party uh mm-hmm. spokeswoman right. or spokesman actually right because it's one of those things where like you say you're gonna sell us some shit but you're not gonna drop the price you know it's almost like with a lot of shit women are being quote-unquote punished because it's like feminine products it's a charge for that men don't have to ever fucking purchase those Mm -hmm. so a lot of times they're high they're overpriced a lot of times that's why a lot of times when these companies uh because women count that shit because you know that shit is expensive to have to have around all the time so when you go up you know when you be wanting to uh do something slick like take four five out and shit like that and and people be like no bitch i'm not paying no extra money just because you feel like cutting down on your product mm-hmm. well it sounds like you have a real chip on your shoulder i do um all right a woman was denied getting on a flight because she wanted to travel with an emotional support peacock the bird the bird that is the word birds of a feather may flock together but united airlines recently shot down one travel request to bring her emotional support peacock on a flight departing newark liberty international Mm-mm. airport all animals ain't emotional support animals i know yeah you yeah yeah big ass bird live and let fly reported earlier this week that even though the unidentified woman claimed that she had a second ticket for the peacock the airline declined her request right that honestly seems like something you could have made a phone call about before showing up with a fucking peacock you could have told them in advance people tell them in advance all the hey i got this special circle so they could have why should your business build a modern software factory sorry i don't know where that came (laughs) no problem so people can prepare in advance because that shit matters and nobody prepared for no fucking big ass bird yeah here's my thing um i believe in emotional support animals i don't think that's so controversial you know and i'm not even gonna say like what type of animal obviously different circumstances will require different types of things correct i saw some people comparing this to like having a cnr dog or a guide dog for people who are like visually impaired and stuff that's not the fucking same and people need to stop that's actually no that's not the that's same. low that's kind it's a little bit insulting because those Correct. those pets are specifically trained yes um to navigate the public sphere um and people need that because they have disabilities and it helps them like literally exist in the world right i'm not saying emotional support is not something that people need don't need but I, I don't think it, it qualifies the same as like vision impairment um that being said um i think for a a plane it as an airline i would not want to take the risk since there is no regulation on what exactly makes something an emotional support animal yeah and i think that's what my problem what training they have right if we get up in the air thirty thousand feet and your fucking peacock freaks the fuck out what the fuck are we supposed to do right or started randomly attacking people we don't know anything we're not prepared if it just shits everywhere i don't know right, what the fuck it's gonna it's do animal. if it starts making noise and it won't stop you know <laughs> i don't know there's like a level of shit where it's just like i hate to say it but the world ain't built for all this shit like it's a level of shit where it's like if you're gonna get on a plane you can't bring a fucking peacock that didn't seem like so wild to say five minutes ago but apparently here i am that seems too far and the thing is animals 
go through and fly on planes all the time they just tell the people in advance and they make accommodations so you could have made accommodations other than thinking you was gonna get it on the plane yeah you know with everybody else i'm pretty i don't know what the protocol is but people fly cats and dogs and all types of animals i'm pretty sure the circus has flown animals like animals can go through the air but they normally you know particularly animal that big i don't think you would be like up 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 there with everybody else yeah dog you might can't fly bro um that yeah the news comes on the hills of delta's controversial crackdown of emotional support and service animals on january 19th the airline announced the forthcoming restrictions and hope of curbing and abuse policy and an 84 percent increase on in ill animal behavior such as urinating defecating biting and attacks on planes now see the so thing is for that people feel bad and everything which i understand you feel bad we, i like everyone to be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do correct but as an airline if your ass gets bit by one of these things you gonna sue the fuck out of me and you ain't about to be like well i understand i mean mm-hmm. we need some empathy for our fellow travelers know the fuck you want any lawyer would tell you sue the fuck out of them get all the money you can because it is a level of danger that i've accepted and i didn't test or regulate any of this shit beforehand so yeah they had to require uh they had to to um tighten up their restrictions because mm, of this tired of pain but because like you you named the shit that, an, that animals do this and right. i'm pretty sure like you said if you tell them in advance they can accommodate odds are a lot of these people just roll up in there don't tell them and they're like hey i guess somebody was like i guess so then i was like oh shit your animal is attacking pissing shit and then nobody was prepared for this now all of a sudden you 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 know because airplanes are like tin cans so now you're in a tin can it smells like shit smells like piss your animal is cutting the food on the airplane and we might have a few hours to travel like that like that's not cool yeah and they say that they are of course required to permit service animals that accompany passengers with disabilities right because to me that is not controversial right because they're trained right there's a lot of training before you can even get a service animal and the service animal uh shows up trained already correct but delta said they also saw a variety of unlikely animals on board like comfort turkeys gliding possums known as sugar gliders oh snakes spiders and more no Mm -mm. no take the bus i don't know what the bus rules are i don't know i just said that like like greyhound got different rules i don't know (laughs) like take your snake and hop on greyhound motherfucker (laughs) and then people on greyhound like i don't want no snake in here uh so i don't know what the rules are but yeah that that's a lot man yeah um, because like you said they're not gonna sue you they're gonna sue whoever allowed you to bring the animals on the plane people are entitled as fuck i'll be worried about like using the bathroom on the plane you got motherfuckers out here like i'm just gonna do some yoga in the aisle real quick excuse me guys I'm like you just paid for a regular ass ticket sit down right the fuck this ain't no private plane you ain't puff daddy get your ass back in your seat right the fuck is wrong with people entitled as shit don't appreciate nothing um but yeah delta would not allow exotic ex- ex- emotional support animals including ferrets insects spiders goats or animals with tusks or hooves to fly wow y'all got motherfuckers up here ramming people and shit what is happening here yeah man i i'm just saying man i mean I, like everybody I'm- talk a good game until one of these motherfuckers attack somebody and then it's gonna be fucking i want all i'm gonna be y'all gonna be riding rod airlines tonight <laughs> like fuck that right and like i said I, there is a purpose for those animals but the thing is those animals aren't regulated they aren't required to go through any form of training 
you know you just literally as far as the airplane is concerned it, i don't know if it's true or not you're just bringing wild animals onto their airplane and they're not prepared for that for right. shit human beings are, um, are unpredictable and we we are supposed to be on the plane we just need to bring slavery back at this point <laughs> you know just bring it back clearly we're not okay without slavery you know like we just people just miss their slaves oh, everything Lord. is a substitute got we all the way to peacocks now just go and get you a slave oh, and fucking make your slave drive you to the airport and all this shit that y'all want to do because this is ridiculous at this point i'm not even gonna say guess the race because y'all know oh white uh the passion of the christ sequel is on the way from mel gibson with the original films uh jesus no uh i think his name was jim caviezel he's gonna come back and play jesus in the uh in passion of the christ to electric boogaloo i'm good i didn't see part one so i kind of would want to see part two but do i need to see part one in order to watch the sequel guys what do y'all no, think no no I, I feel like i know the story but no you don't, you don't. what the fuck is part two gonna be it's gonna be like that family guy skit where chris tucker was his partner and jesus was out for revenge on the romans like right they were shooting up shit yes what the fuck is it gonna be like what did i didn't see the movie you did how did it end did he end with him dying and then he came they came to the cave and he was gone or or he was uh or they just ended with him dying and they didn't show the part in the cave i don't remember that he would just die i think they, they showed him like come back yeah they but, opened the cave and he was gone three days later or whatever the fuck yeah Hmm. the fuck could part two be then i mean i I don't i mean listen i'm not a biblical scholar i don't know all the bible but yeah, ain't I, no other parts after that with jesus right ain't that it no it, it goes on but jesus it, come out the grave and then what he do oh he talked to the disciples like he does a lot of they oh they didn't put that none of that in the bible no, so, no i mean, I mean, I mean in, the book, in the movie right right oh so they could do a part two mm okay well yeah i guess i don't know i'm not gonna watch this shit um that's wild that's a long time ago too this movie came out like 14 um, years ago yeah i'm mel gibson you ain't got to worry about me right Mm-mm. so what is jesus gonna call the jews a pack of niggas mm-hmm. so i don't know i guess i'm gonna cgi in this shit i don't know i'm good i'm good i it's very few people i have on my i you know I, and i only call it a boycott i'm like i don't give a fuck and i'm not watching nothing you doing and he one of them yeah i'm guessing that g that part two would just be jesus going ah oh oh my hands Ooh. Ooh. i can't believe they put them nails in my hands motherfuckers oh man seems like a bitch and they nailed my feet can and, you believe this anybody got some peroxide that probably be part two. I know. Uh, Amazon Chase and Berkshire Hathaway partner up to disrupt healthcare. That's right. Three major corporations um, are in a bid to slash healthcare costs for their 1.1 million employees, creating a possible black swan event that could disrupt the industry. Together, the three partners will combine resources to create an independent company that will initially focus on technology solutions to provide high quality and transparent healthcare at a reasonable cost. Amazon is well poised to enter and disrupt the healthcare industry as we know it. Forrester senior analyst Kate McCarthy said in the email, 
they have the scale and digital customer experience capacity to bring efficiencies and improvements to the industry that are long overdue working out the business for with their own employees first will be a smart way to test out the product before opening up to the general market she said mm-hmm. that could be a game changer mm. i guess i have a lot of questions um are you gonna pay some of your employees enough where they can afford this uh because you know a lot of people work for them and a lot of people that work for them actually lose government assistance and things like that and probably won't be able to afford the services that you're providing uh if you're going to do this are you going to uh provide services for the poor you know because you you, you're going to target a market that you already have which is fine but if you're going to quote unquote disrupt the market you you know you actually need to to do it all the way around because your companies like this don't step in unless there's a profit to be made and actually the people that you actually need to be helping is the people that nobody ever wants to help you know like amazon was talking about eventually doing like ebt and all that type of stuff but how is this going to work you know are you you know are you going to be delivering to their home like you do everything else like like it's it's a lot more to it and the thing is never forget this shit is run by white dudes white dudes a lot of times a lot of these companies are run by white dudes so they don't give a fuck about minorities lgbtq and all these other factors that play a role whenever they're doing this is it going to be forms of discrimination like like this is where my mind goes when these particular companies start jumping in there and how do i know you're not going to come in make a monopoly and all of a sudden fucking raise your prices too i don't trust you yeah i guess i understand all that but that's already what's happening correct so i I don't know i guess the only thing i can imagine they would try to do it more efficiently than other insurance companies and healthcare services do now and then you know they already have built-in infrastructure that they could do stuff like prescription drugs uh over online you know delivering you know via amazon the the already systems they have i mean Mm -hmm. Um, i mean it it could work they're using their employees at first but the question is do they not provide health care for their employees now and this would be an addition like well now we will provide health care i hope they do y'all weren't getting it so now you are getting it right it's kind of it's our covered medication it's definitely things. put it this way it is rife for exploitation it is rife for uh, a bunch of shit you know it could do something where it makes a competitive market one of the problems with our health care so. system is that it is for profit so it could do something where it reduces it makes the competition so much for um for uh other companies that it forces the entire market to get more efficient and more cost effective and more competitive for people's dollars possibly all that is possible also it could be that they just don't know what they're talking about it could be this industry they get into and they end up having to drop it because americans are very unhealthy it does cost a lot to uh keep people alive and treat their diseases and and all this shit and they could just ultimately turn out to be not fruitful at all you know they're banking they're betting heavily on technology and that you know we automate everything we you know we get things more easily understood and things like that um so i can see it i could i can see your point because I, I do worry about those and i can also see it working to a certain extent as well I, I i i and the thing is uh i i hope that uh they do make it more efficient and effective i do hope that they lower prices but it's going to be one of them things where some people are always going to be left out because technology alone is a privilege you know 
for the fact that you got to have to have internet access and all this shit shit that's being stripped shit that you know some places don't have you know the federal government was like hey you know these these, these poor people in projects nah we're not going to give them internet access or you know and shit like that so it's like okay you, you're going to have a market that uh you're not even going to be able to tap into because of the way that the system is already designed mm. yeah well it's gonna get um if they do this or not we can do to stop it but no uh i can see big insurance big pharma and shit being like we don't want these motherfuckers competing in the market mm-hmm. and, and fighting them like I, I you know i could see them literally they'll probably end up winning but i bet you it's gonna be years of litigation before they're the, they the only people big enough to take on that market correct like and you do, can't do stop right. a jp morgan chase amazon berkshire halfway you're not gonna be able to stop them Mm-mm. you know this is kind of the ultimate um monster of capitalism at some point is uh it's kind of like what people would like capitalism to be when they cut when they thought of it which is this idea of companies competing so hard that citizens get the best available shit for the cheapest price because that's what true competition is but it doesn't really work that way because our government's not a true capitalist society and uh, and capitalism of course still uh has a social degree to it that uh ultimately a lot of people that are true capitalists don't give a fuck about people so like if that you know for it to work to for there to be people incentivized to be rich that must mean some people have to be poor um so something like this kind of going into an industry that's for profit already but quasi socially structured to take care of the populace this, that i mean it could be a game changer but it could also be ripe for abuse and exploitation so i don't know what'll happen but i just thought that was an interesting story um you know and it, and it would be something i'd be more wary of it if i thought our current system was good Correct. but since i don't think it is mm-hmm. i'm less wary of it i'm like i don't know maybe it'll work i don't know maybe it won't work maybe in a year we'll forget all about this story you Correct. know i don't know um dmx sent back to jail for violating probation test deposit for opiates cocaine cocaine and oxycodone whoa yeah so hope get well soon x mm-hmm. going to jail that's wild like essentially he seems to be a drug addict and they just keep throwing him in jail like that's gonna fix it it's not you know doesn't really see much about treatment just jail uh, that's the way our system is designed um alright let's see um delete that one um did you know a Nashville mayor backed her daughter of her affair partner for a city job what Mm-hmm. actually you know I should put this in the trash pile why don't I put this here you know what we'll get to that later that's going in the trash yeah, just because you a lady don't mean you ain't trash. Come on. Your ass over there with the trash. All right, back to this shit. Um, <laughs> Jill Scott got a gag order issued on her estranged husband, Michael Dobson. Uh, allegedly in a recent interview, Dobson referred to Scott as an evil woman and even threatened to put up a dirty fight. That's not all, though. It's also said he's been reaching out to Scott's close family and friend. He has some disturbing things to say about a soon-to-be ex-wife. But to make things ma- make matters worse, when confronted by Scott, Dawson actually admits that he's on a mission to get revenge for her decision to end their marriage. That's exactly what this sounds like. Right. 
uh scott says he violated the terms of their prenup by slandering her name to the media which was her initial reason for seeking the gag order he ain't gonna get no money at this rate Mm-mm. he just trying to embarrass her Mm-mm. he gonna she, he gonna fuck around and be that dude on black lightning <laughs> yep um let's see what else oh quincy jones gave a dope ass interview where he just talked about everything i read it it was so old and black <laughs> i dread it i just been seeing people responses to it i've been just enjoying people respond people responses have been hilarious it's a lot of motherfuckers and <laughs> dropped i know a lot of motherfuckers when you old and black you don't give a cut damn i give you the, the highlights uh they asked him uh you work with michael jackson more than anyone he was relate wasn't related to what's something people don't understand about him hate to get into this publicly but michael stole a lot of stuff he stole a lot of songs donna summer state of independence and billy jean the notes don't lie man he was a he was as machiavellian as they come how so greedy man greedy don't stop till you get enough greg philogenes i guess philogenes wrote the c-section michael should have given him 10 percent of the song wouldn't do it what about outside of music what's misunderstood about michael i used to kill him about the plastic surgery man he wasn't always just he would always justify by saying it was some sort of disease he had bullshit how much were his problems wrapped up with the fame you mean by the way he looked he had a problem with his looks because his father told him he was ugly and abused him what do you expect um oh his fucks is gone ain't they yep uh he brought up um he's like i'll be dying soon what y'all gonna do sue me yeah um he said you sure seem to know a lot i know too much man what's something you wish you didn't know who killed kennedy who did it uh chicago monster sam giancana uh the connection was there between sinatra and the mafia and kennedy joe kennedy he was a bad man he came to frank to give him the talk uh, talk to get to have him talk to giancana giancana about getting votes i heard a story before that the mob helped win illinois for kennedy in 1960 we shouldn't talk about this publicly where you from uh he's like i talk a lot of shit but i ain't not you know i still might end up dead fucking with them i'm good what were your first impressions of the beatles that they were the worst musicians in the world there were no they were oh, no shit they were no playing motherfuckers paul was the worst bass player i've ever heard and ringo don't even talk about it i remember once we were in the studio with george martin and ringo had taken three hours for a four bar thing he was trying to fix on a song he couldn't get it we said mate why don't you get some lager and lime some shepherd's pie and take an hour and a half and relax a bit and he did and he caught we called ronnie varel a jazz drummer ronnie came in for 14, 15 minutes and tore it up ringo comes back and says george can you play it back for me one more time so george did and ringo says that didn't sound so bad i said yeah motherfucker because it ain't you great guy though <laughs> um he come busting both barrels didn't he are we in a better place as a country than we as, as a country than we were when you were starting doing uh, started doing humanitarian work 50 years ago no we're the worst we've ever been but that's why we're seeing people try and fix it feminism women are saying they're not going to take it anymore racism people are fighting it god is punishing the bad in our face to make people fight back we're obviously been learning more lately about just how corrosive the entertainment industry can be for women as someone who's worked in that business at the highest levels for so many years do all the recent revelations come as a surprise no man women had to put up with fucked up shit women and brothers were both dealing with that glass ceiling but what about the alleged behavior of a friend like of yours like bill cosby is it hard to square what he's been accused of with the person you know 
it was all of them brett ratner harvey weinstein weinstein he's a job motherfucker wouldn't return my five calls a bully what about Kazi though what about it were the allegations a surprise to you man to you we can't talk about this in public man um, he was like, we ain't talking about that right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said he fucked Melania but, Trump. Oh, he was like, I'm old and black, but I ain't crazy. Uh, I think it was Melania. Oh, no, Vodka. Yeah, he says, uh, what stirred everything up? Is it about Trumpism? Is Trump and uneducated rednecks? Trump is just telling them what they want to hear. I used to hang out with him. He's cra- a crazy motherfucker, limited men- mentally, a megalomaniac, narcissist. I can't stand him. I used to date Ivanka, you know wait really yes sir 12 years ago tommy hill figure who was working with my daughter kadada said ivanka wants to have you have dinner with you i said no problem she's a fine motherfucker she had the most beautiful legs i ever saw in my life wrong father though (laughs) yeah uh they asked would oprah be a good president he said no but he says because he said you, if you if you haven't been a governor of a state or the ceo of a company or a military general you don't know how to lead people and his first was like she is a ceo of a company and then then quincy jones just said a civity conductor knows more about how to lead than most business people more than trump does he doesn't know shit someone who knows about real leadership wouldn't have as many people against him as he does he's a fucking idiot so i guess he kind of skipped the Oprah question right um he ain't want them problems yeah he said he said youtube not making good music anymore he said um cindy Lauper was the real person that uh had a problem with the we are the world song she tried to blame all the other rock and roll people there but it was really just her um what else he said uh he talked about rap and how he doesn't really fuck with rap because it's not as creative as it could be but he did give like kendrick props and some other people bruno mars stuff like that um let's see uh it was something else he did oh he he said um richard pryor and um um what's that dude's name um fuck it was richard pryor and marlon brando uh had sex which uh richard Pryor's made jokes about that kind of uh about you know back in the day mm-hmm. when you did cocaine it's like you fuck everything you fuck a radio you give it flowers in the morning so i i believe it mm-hmm. um anything else uh um oh he had a nervous breakdown mental breakdown after he did color purple soundtrack the, the score to it mm. uh because he worked so hard on it and he took on a lot by himself and it made him break down mentally i can see that mm-hmm. um let's see what else uh say he shouldn't have made his last album it's not religious you don't think anything happens after we die so i don't know man it was just a good interview he was just letting the, the fucking chopper fly, fly uh spray on everybody Mm-hmm. um let's see what else we got here um wait why aren't some of these being deleted i know we read these mm-hmm. stories okay let me refresh real quick because it's uh acting stupid i'm still online right Mm-hmm. okay all right um okay cool so it is deleting uh all right rosa parks was my aunt and what you don't know about her by yorana mccauley 
um rosa parks is an interesting figure because if i said rosa parks what most people would think of what rosa parks is the bus mm-hmm. uh even though the fact that she was basically the second person chose to do the bus mm-hmm. um boycott they wanted the right optics she was fair-skinned enough that they felt they would have more sympathy the original woman was dark-skinned and had a child so um a lot of people don't know that but that pc culture yeah but another thing a lot of people don't know is that she was an activist bigger than just that one Mm -hmm. thing um this is how you know her she was a tired seamstress who refused to give up her seat sparking a montgomery bus boycott in 1955 maybe you remember rosa parks that quiet older woman being honored at an award show or maybe you remember seeing pictures of her shaking the president's hand but at this year's golden glows when oprah winfrey talked about reese taylor a woman from alabama who was kidnapped and raped by six white men oprah also did some myth busting about my aunt with these words her story was reported to the naacp where a young worker by the name of rosa parks came to lead investigator on her case and together they sought justice i was excited when oprah brought up uh, taylor's story because people need to know these things happen to black women it's our history but it was also emotional for me to hear oprah's words because she gave people the chance to see that rosa parks my auntie rosa was not just a tired old lady who sat down on the bus one day with february 4th being what would have been my great aunt's 105th birthday i'm going to woodlawn cemetery in detroit to pay her respects but also pay my respects by refusing to let her legacy be turned into a caricature i believe her story is more relevant than ever because she and people like her laid a foundation so that women today can be more vocal can run for office can demand equal rights and equal pay and say we, uh, we don't have to be harassed yeah one of the things that's interesting too is i wonder how much easier it was to craft a narrative like this because you know it was by design that they picked rosa and whatnot then today with activism where there's not as much organization with certain things and everybody's got a twitter account everybody has an opinion if someone doesn't like somebody i'm gonna expose this shit like i could already see someone like a group organizing like listen these are the racial dynamics of what we're gonna do we're gonna put this woman out here we think we'll get the most traction with her face on it and like that night people be tweeting what about so-and-so y'all ain't say nothing because she a single mama and she dark skin i feel like that's how it would go these days you know but hopefully both stories will get covered these days rather right. than we have to pick one respectable black person to lead the charge you know both situations was fucked up right and mike brown was the person that people that a lot of the movements that sparked uh, a few years ago popped out because of mike brown who was not the perfect quote-unquote victim mm-hmm. that people wanted to have um i regularly give presentations to organizations and schools about how tirelessly my aunt worked for justice and how she'd been heavily involved in civil rights work long before she refused to give up that seat but real talk i didn't realize who my aunt really was until i was 19 years old in 1995 and she took me to an NAACP event people were screaming at her like she was michael jackson oh my god you're rosa parks i've never witnessed that the whole time auntie rosa was sitting there like oh it's not a big deal she was very humble i know it sounds crazy that the whole time i didn't understand but you see she was my aunt in my life we she would come we she would come visit or i would go sit visit her and she would ask me the same questions your aunt probably asked you what do you want to eat what do you want to drink i made some lemonade you want some house school i talked to your grandmother and she said she ain't heard from you um after the naacp event that's when i started asking her questions about what she had witnessed what she endured in the life 
was like for uh black people back then that led they're telling me a lot of stories she tell me that but her life was like when she was a little girl growing up in alabama one of the things that people don't understand about my aunt is that she was an activist her whole life and she started questioning things at a young age i think part of it was her upbringing with my her grandfather sylvester edwards he would sit up at night with a shotgun in case the kkk might come by and try to kill them and talk to her about black resistance and the key figures crispus addicts harriet tubman marcus garvey that laid the foundation for my aunt to feel like this isn't right i should be doing something and become an activist her whole life became dedicated to change when she was 10 a white boy pushed auntie rosa and she pushed him back auntie rosa's grandmother told her you need to be quiet you need to stop being so vocal she was told as black people were not allowed to do things to whites to grab her grandmother was concerned that she get hurt that she could even get lynched but auntie rosa told her grandmother let them try to lynch me she was that bold even when she was young sometimes i struggle with social media because it seems there's always someone belittling auntie rosa i recently saw someone posted my aunt was wasn't really black what social media is crazy or people saw say that she was strategically placed on a bus in my gun because she was lighter skin it's amazing to me that they would think that yes our family ancestry is part african-american part white and part native american auntie rosa considered herself black and was treated as black we have a lot of work to do in this country regarding colorism but whether you're light or dark this is still true today you're black and american you're going to be treated accordingly yeah i mean i think both can be true though like strategically they could be like we'll get more traction with her story than a single mom who's dark skinned um it's not like that didn't happen to her too you know people are thinking that her not giving up her seat was a all a plan stage thing for the media maybe you've seen the famous picture from my aunt getting arrested and the man fingerprinted her well that's not even from december 1st 1955 it was from the second time she was arrested yes she got arrested more than once by the time that photograph was taken word had gotten out across the country that montgomery had started a bus boycott so that's when the media showed up to take a picture didn't know that my aunt wasn't even paying attention the day she got on the bus she had been avoiding the driver driver's bus for 12 years she would stop at her stop and she wouldn't get on that particular day she wasn't paying attention because she was thinking of emmett till who had been murdered that summer she already paid her money when she realized it was that driver but then she figured she'd go ahead and sit down she didn't stand up when the driver demanded that she stand up because she kept thinking of him being killed she was that angry keep in mind it was legal for bus drivers back then to carry handguns my aunt could have been shot and killed on that bus once word of mouth spread about what happened to my aunt it helped people have a little bit more courage than before you have to understand my aunt was a known person in the community she became the recording secretary to NAACP almost 15 years before she refused to give a receipt on the bus everyone knew her based on her writing down stories like Reese Taylor's oh she was the lady who held my hand when my uncle got beat up she got my kid involved in the youth program to read books she was the one who came and tried to get me to register to vote they were shocked that something could happen to nice mrs parks before then many black people were like oh well that person should have not gotten arrested um they should have just gotten off the bus uh she wrote in one of her journeys journals about her feelings after she got arrested she worked in the department store where she was a seamstress for the next five weeks after that and then they let her go during that time her black co-workers didn't speak to her that whole five weeks she would say good morning they wouldn't say anything it was very disheartening they looked at her like she was stirring up trouble for them my aunt explained that to me that it was because jim crow was telling them this is the best life you're going to have and you can get yourself killed if you resist people also don't know that my aunt went through a lot of financial hardships after what happened shit a lot of activists right that yeah it was an activist that just got killed two days ago mm-hmm. and i saw a gofundme for his funeral funds and stuff and they raised more than enough money but it made me think they had to have money to bury him because that means he didn't have money 
we really expect these people to risk their lives to make statements about for all of us quote unquote but then we'll sit up there and watch them die in abject poverty and be like you know fuck them or if they end up doing anything to make money we'll be like fuck you you ain't real right it's just it's it's supposed to be thankless it's really sad uh she had health issues and developed ulcers and couldn't afford the medication she didn't get real stable work until 1957 when my brother grant my grandfather macaulay convinced her to move uh to detroit she sacrificed her privacy her job her marriage her health she never talked about that with people though she just didn't want to burden people and make them feel sorry for her. still breaks my heart to remember my aunt telling me how many times it took for her to get registered to vote back then they made black folks take a literacy test knowing that many couldn't read or write it was a trickle-down effect of the lack of education for black people but auntie rosa she knew all the answers backwards and forwards but year after year they denied her and finally it was a white woman in office who said just let her register to vote my aunt had to they be- got tired of seeing them my eye had to be persistent showing up i'm here to take the test so i can get registered to vote and then i when i then i think about how as soon as i turned 18 all i had to do was sign a card that's it dog yes i'm glad that oprah spoke up about reese taylor and about my aunt and i know people might still try to belittle my auntie rosa by saying oh she was just a little seamstress that little seamstress is proof that you can be anything out here and still make changes in your community my aunt felt passionate about uh civil rights it was passion she felt in her soul and we all had to tap into that mm-hmm. whether it's working with children or with the elderly or voting rights or women's rights working at a homeless shelter or women's shelter or being trained to volunteer on a suicide hotline on the weekends we can all do a little thing and the ripple effect of it can go a long way today i'll be visiting rosa parks elementary school in toledo ohio to talk about my aunt with the kids we'll have some cake we'll celebrate and i'm going to tell them to remember that rosa parks is a regular citizen that in her heart felt like she could be doing something for change instead of wait, waiting for others she took that leap dope and uh zero to a hundred um uh, well a zero but i am fucked with what she had to go through mm-hmm. but like she say same thing for me all i had to do was just sign a car imagine showing you showed up so much that it was like fuck it just let her goddamn vote i'm tired of her constantly showing up you know what which means she showed up every single time she could every single time racism just got tired she showed up and she was like what you ain't gonna do that white woman was like i'm just too tired to be racist today come on i have had it up to here okay so who knows not trying to find who knows how many hundreds not trying to find hundreds possibly thousands of times they told her no mm-hmm. i don't know about hundreds of thousands but probably a lot a lot more than the average person mm-hmm. and they knew who she was you knew they knew who she was mm-hmm. uh but yeah we was playing fucking with black people y'all if y'all didn't know i just didn't sing the song uh eroticized rage this is one of my favorite week reads of the week matthew knows who you guys may know as beyonce daddy yes he gave an interview because he got a book coming out and um i thought the quote was interesting and uh apparently uh he was um asked in i think ebony um about racism and um how it um affected his life and colorism and how it affected his life mm-hmm. and whatnot and not just like I, I you know i think a lot of people have um misgivings about him in general like they don't fuck with him right and i'm not versed enough in the matthew no shit to know mm-hmm. why people don't fuck with him um you know maybe because him and beyonce mama not together no more right 
you know someone told me because they thought kelly should have been the lead of destiny's child and i was like okay that can't be the real is that the real reason y'all think kelly's supposed to be beyonce and vice versa like i don't know anyway um so these are some of the questions in the interview how did facing blatant and intense racism as a child affect how you interacted with others growing up it was about coexisting i grew up in a small town and never went to a black school i went to a catholic school with white nuns until the eighth grade when i was one out of six kids to integrate litchfield uh junior high at that at the time had about 700 to 800 uh, students then we integrated to gaston high at university of tennessee in chattanooga i was one of the first blacks there i didn't go to a black school until my junior year of college when i went to fisk university which is a historically black school Mm-hmm. yes i talk about this in the book the hbcu but they had a colorism issue there i was in the last class where they take out a brown brown paper bag and if you were darker than the bag you could not get into fisk what yeah man a, a lot of the stuff with hbcus i mean remember hbcus are created out of necessity but it still was within a white supremacist power structure and they still had a lot like if you read some of the mission statements of uh hbcus and shit you'll be like i can't believe this you know uh because they was to get the funding and to be what they had to be they they had to practice a lot of the same white supremacy that that pushed them out of the white schools it was 1972 um by the way um how have you and your family experienced colorism this is my favorite part when i was growing up my mother used to say don't you ever bring no nappy-headed black girl to my house in the deep south in the 50s 60s and 70s the shade of your blackness was considered important so i under, unfortunately grew up hearing that message i have a chapter in the book that talks about eroticized rage i talk about going to therapy and sharing one day i had a breakthrough that i used to date mainly white women or very high complexion black women that looked white i actually thought met when i met tina my former wife that she was white later i found out that she wasn't and she was actually very much in tune with her blackness can't imagine what that conversation sounded like come on I had been conditioned from childhood with eroticized rage. There was an actual rage in me as a black man, and I saw that white female is a way subconsciously of getting even or getting back. There are a lot of black men of my era that are not aware of this thing. Um, that shit's a hundred percent true. I, yes, it is. You know, um, it's interesting because women often bring it up, black women often bring it up, mm-hmm. and either get dismissed as bitter, angry, hateful, right, making shit up. You just man bashing but him and quincy jones had another interview where he talked about this as well um eldridge cleaver had a book uh called soul on ice it's not in print yet i mean it's not in you can't get it on anywhere digitally you have to buy a copy but um soul and ice soul on and soul on ice he had a uh a chapter about rape and how he practiced raping black women so he could eventually rape white women because he thought that that was the ultimate power a black man could express is in sexually violating a white woman and he was in the he was in the black panthers wow right um uh he he says um uh so they they, he was asked i'm sure you know the similar patterns of colorism once you join the music industry oh of course i challenge my students at texas southern to think about this when it comes to black females who are the people who get their music played on pop radio mariah carey rihanna the female rapper Nicki minaj my kids beyonce and solange and what do they all have in common they're all lighter skin do you think that was an that's an accident of course not you so you get it he said um but yeah he got a book coming out called racism from the eyes of a child 
um so i'll be looking out for part two of this interview because i do want to see what else he said but yeah color colorism is real and people try to act like that shit does not exist but that shit fucks with people at a very young age and it fucks with them forever and into their adulthood because you have a lot of and and, and it's almost like um and it started from slavery from the from from the field niggas to the house niggas like it's always been a form of a separation and a lot of times the fair-skinned negroes were normally inside the house and the darker skin were normally the help and you know out in the fields and things like that or lower class and the help and you know that's why you know as i've gotten older and i've began to branch out and and meet people as i got older in life i've met you know a lot of light-skinned people that would tell me that you know they were because and it's almost like a, a middle line for 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 some of them i'm not black enough for black people mm-hmm. but i'm not white enough white people so you're kind of stuck in the middle you know and your 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 ethnicity is constantly questioned like who are you and you have a lot of uh light-skinned people that just go to the extreme both extremes some that just deny blackness altogether and then some that go i'm black y'all i'm black and black and i'm black y'all everything you know it's almost like just pro 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 black and you know it's it's very hard sometimes to be comfortable in your own skin when everything about you including your existence has been challenged then you have the darker skinned people who look at these who look at lighter skinned people like but you always judging me this may or may not be true but that's what they feel and the light-skinned people go but you're always judging me it may or may not be true but that's how they feel and that's and 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 a lot of times you see it on social media with certain factors come up you go oh y'all bringing these other things that are outside that's larger than this issue that we're talking about in, in hand well what i find interesting is that um back to what he was saying it's more about the choice of who he was trying to court based on you know subliminal subconscious and sometimes overtly conscious and and choices uh that aren't subliminal but um these ideas of why we covet light skin right why we covet white women and why what that says about us and so few black men do that type of work they don't have therapy they don't talk about it they don't think about it they don't want to think about ways that they've been conditioned through white privilege and i mean through white supremacy and and what we buy into like what makes so many brothers feel like a white woman is the way to go you know and i'm not you know sometimes people just fall in love i'm not trying to knock that Mm -mm. but you know also because of the way i view love love isn't necessarily some fucking uh partnership of like the the, and then it our eyes locked and it was love at first sight like Mm -mm. there's a lot of things that influence us into who we feel is worthy of our love correct you know and for women specifically i don't think it's any coincidence that statistically when you look at dating sites and stuff where we actually have the numbers right black women end up being lower on the uh scale uh asian men end up being lower on the scale uh people attribute more negative qualities to black women and especially dark-skinned black women right uh i don't think when you throw in what we read about leslie jones earlier this year this week and the response to her that was very much like girl calm down love yourself you'll be okay you know like we don't want to hear what you got to say right 
essentially right because you because you, i don't how dare you challenge us and make up make us think that you know the society and the system is fucked up which it really is and you know i think for um for me i've never been the type of person i don't question anybody blackness i, I don't kick anybody quote-unquote out of blackness you say you black nigga you black like i i will embrace you however you come like i i don't do that but like what you were saying it does make a it makes a big difference yeah i just think these a lot of times in our society since men quote unquote do the choosing correct you know quote unquote the choosing part since men do a lot of the choosing it does set women up to be chosen and oftentimes there's certain type of women that get left out you know and dark-skinned black women are often the left out part um you know so it's a, i mean it's a lot to it as well because there is hypersexualization, but then there's also this you ugly thing there's also like and, and uh, there's a bunch of colliding agendas you know um for a lot of this stuff um mm-hmm. but in general though i think the point he made whether he's older now and he's done some more self-examination and had the therapy and had these breakthroughs and now he's willing to talk about it in public i think it's good i'm glad he's talking about it um just because we gaslight black women so fucking much like they make it when they bring these things up we often hit them with the like this is all in your head you know i I mean just off the heels of the amara lanegra interview on the breakfast club where charlamagne spent the whole interview being like you sure you're not making this up well what about cardi b or what about you know just like i don't get colorism even though i paid to have my skin bleached i don't understand what the problem is and we end up in these in these same circular conversations where a lot of times the people doing the chastising end up being black men so here's some him and jay-z are two black dudes getting later in life who are coming out and quincy jones three black men coming out latest late in the game i i mean but i'll take it where i can get it self-reflection and growth is great whenever the fuck it happens because it it normally doesn't happen for most people nope so um and especially in something like this that confirm something and we can start conversations based off of that but unfortunately i don't think it'll start much conversation a lot of people are just gonna kind of either go yes thank god he admitted it this is exactly what i've been talking about and most people that have been denying it will just ignore it like he didn't say it but yeah i thought it was great i thought i thought it was very honest and i thought uh i i, I hope we get more people that can talk like this because i often hear people especially black men in these situations say stuff that um is super reductive and they get so defensive that they can't have a conversation it's like um if i if you were to say like what why do you think it is that you like you only date white women or some shit they'll be like nah man you just like who you like man so you trying to say i'm racist or something it's like nah i'm saying you're conditioned you continue to do one thing when you talk about black women you talk about attitudes you talk about being ugly you talk about you talk about everything pick up on that right you talk about everything except you know the the way but then the way you talk about white women not that it's even that much better but it's docile it's they'll do anything in bed it's you know it's a bunch of shit that they consider to be attractive qualities and then a bunch of shit they consider that and obviously because they don't consider those black women to be attractive black women have none of those qualities all of a sudden if a black woman was is 
uh promiscuous and wants to and very sex positive and wants to get down the first date she's a hoe white woman hey man white girls they'll suck your dick they, you know and we don't even think about how that knowledge that much much of it is kind of just made up but how those stereotypes came to be about came about and why the fuck we still glorify them and push them out there but um yeah i i, I really do apply matthew knows on that shit and shout out to the articles that just p- p- promoted the interview by saying he thought tina knows was white and i'm like well now you got everybody mad as fuck reading the goddamn title of the article and not even reading what essentially turned out to be a great conversation starter to me so uh i'm zero fucked with same like i said i'm glad he's talking about it. i'm glad he's challenging it and it's one of those things where sometimes i think dudes get in their own heads um whenever they uh date outside the race when i'm gonna tell you right now most black women don't give a fuck who you date we don't give a fuck who you love the problem is that whenever you use that person to bash us that's when we go motherfucker no you ain't and you act like we're the problem right because like it really doesn't have to be like that it don't like i said really love who you want to love you put like this you could be married to a white woman and still love sisters and still love your race and still love your blackness it does not have to be separated but a lot of times truth be told a lot of uh, black dudes get with white women and they have insecurities and the insecurities begin to shine uh in the in the way that you talk and treat uh black women and it's one of those things like i said we don't give a fuck about what who and what you put your dick in just don't bash us yeah all right let's get into some other stuff okay let's move on to the next segment mm-hmm. try to do some more fun stuff um it's been a while since we talked about the whites uh so i say we talk about some white people news um to lighten the mood uh let me see what we got here get this song going can't do it without music I 
can't take it no more, baby, I'm coming for you. You're doing it on purpose. Why did it work in hell? We close our eyes, it could just be me and you. I want to make love in this club. In this club. In this club. I want to make love in this club. In this club. In this club, yeah. Edits and cuts and shit. Mm-hmm. I knew y'all would enjoy that one. Uh, what what would you call that? Is it's not a guitar acoustics? What is that? A piano? It's acoustic piano. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Kylie Jenner reveals the daughter her name's her daughter's name and it's Stormy with an I. Oh, what's wrong with your face? Did you forget she was a wife? Just because she has sex with black people don't mean she named her kids not white names, Karen. Okay. What? They got North, Saint, Stormy. Uh, they got Thunderstorm some Thunderstorm is next. They got some names over there. That's all I'm saying, Karen. Hurricane, Tornado. Why you uh, seem so offended? Tropical Storm. Stormy. What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing. Click watch the news. Mm-mm. Cause Stormy Daniels is everywhere, so right. I guess she just, just let us know. Fuck that, huh? Logan Paul is happy to be alive after parachute failed to open during skydiving lesson. Oh, why did it have to open? Uh, he had a really close call uh, while he was taking skydiving lessons on Thursday. The controversial YouTube star twenty two said he was forced to cut away from my main parachute after it failed to open during the lesson he shared the news on twitter and instagram stories writing in the letter here's a photo of my empty pack after i had to cut away my main shoot because it didn't open i can tell you he continued to fill another blue reserve parachute opening and function properly was miraculous this has never happened to another student before at this school lp lives on so uh and you do lp we continue to have more logan paul he's only 22 by the way that's oh young yeah that's a record for being annoying he's we got like 60 more years of this nigga being annoying long way to go he's unkillable apparently so oh instagram stories he continues saying maverick lives to fight another day yo this happens to point one percent of people my instructor was wearing a 360 degree camera so i'm going to post a vlog the video will be part of his return to vlogging the star has not been posting lately uh because is his page even active because he published a video showing the body of his alleged suicide of an alleged suicide victim in japan he of course deleted that and apologized so he also got to go on good morning america and tell them he had a horrible lapse in judgment with that video about the suicide privilege Mm -hmm. like what's more privileged than being what's more privileged than being able to say good morning america i made a mistake <laughs> a mistake mm-hmm. 
Cause he gonna be a kid forever. He's just a he's just a child, Karen. Just an innocent mm-hmm. young boy. Innocent. Uh, Hillary Duff adorably stares into her boyfriend Matthew Coma's eyes on their casual date night. Oh, did she do like one of them channels, one of them dizzy channels, one of them? Hillary Duff. Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't know. You thinking about Hillary Swank? I don't know them Hillarys. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Duff, Hillary Swank. She was on one of them TV shows. Hillary from Prince of Bel. Oh, Prince Disney. Bella. Okay, it was a Disney Channel. Um, yeah, her and Matthew Coma kicked off their weekend with a low key date night. The younger star and her musician boyfriend recently took their romance out to, down the town, but kept the catcher for their evening spent together. Duff thirty shared a tweet, non smiling photo on Monday of a sweet non smiling photo on Monday of the couple sitting across from one another at the wooden table uh date night the mother one she shares a five-year-old luca with her ex-husband mike comrie catching the image in which duff and comey stare in different directions uh, coma stare in different directions coma 30 also posted a boomerang video of the couple at the same table both standing to each other's eyes with purse smiles shake shack babies at hillary duff he wrote referencing the restaurant shout out to shake stack shack see celebrities they're just like us y'all normal people me and karen do this all the time duh i mean not to stare into each other's eyes picture but we be oh, like we do we be like we act so-and-so baby yay shake shack duff confirmed mm-hmm. in december uh they getting ready to build one near us mm-hmm we hope to be able to go just like hillary duff and coma i know we ought to do that stand each other eyes i will remind me okay duff confirmed in december that she and coma had rekindled their romance it's going to be great duff said on the talk i mean this is the third time that we dated and i think that was that's what selena says has so much merit to it she added time is such a big deal third time's a charm duff and coma dated for a few months before breaking things off in march um 2017 in september the actress started dropping hints that she and the singer songwriter writer were back together sharing polaroids of herself strumming a guitar and blowing out candles on her cake i think that you have history and a past with someone in love and just because it doesn't work out the first time the second time as long as there's not too much damage done then it can always work out again she said during her talk appearance good for her maybe they'll make love in this club it's good look man it's like i said during super bowl halftime man it's good to see white people doing their thing you know Mm -hmm. it's it's about time about true diversity picture john stamos and his pregnant caitlin McHugh, mary and a beautiful beverly hill ceremony after robbery drama robbery drama oh they get robbed at the wedding what's happening here have mercy um <laughs> how did that happen i don't know his bride caitlin McHugh, was reportedly robbed of one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars worth of jewelry good god while staying at a beverly hills hotel on friday but I- one day later john stemos and the pregnant model put all the drama behind them as they walked down the aisle at the little brown church in studio city los angeles that, that's somebody must have knew the like full she didn't put it in a little uh mm-hmm. safe they give you the full house actor 54 wore a suit and bow tie while caitlin 31 wild in a strapless ball gown for their wedding day 54 and 31 robbing the cradle 
caitlin looked incredible in her princess style frock which featured a voluminous skirt and low-cut neckline after the ceremony reception was held at stamos's home in beverly hills the cover girl who was signed to wilhelmina models has been posing for pictures with john as well as the family and friends in the grounds of the property man that's just weird man how does a guy who's 51 like that Fallen just coincidentally find his soulmate in a 31 year old supermodel oh not to be actually be his granddaughter love is just unexplainable at times you know mm-hmm. she just having fallen in love with a rich famous handsome 51 year old man it just happened to have circumstances right uh after the ceremony recession was held at stamos home in beverly hills Da, da, da. oh wait, i said that caitlin styled her dark tresses loose in curls with a portion of it pulled back with a silver comb she painted her pout a pink hue with bronze cheeks and shimmery eye makeup um uncle jesse they got a lot of pictures of this nigga mm-hmm. caitlin finished off her wedding day ensemble with delicate earrings because i was like we don't know who she is we there for we there for him john meanwhile done the tailored navy suit with white button-up shirt and a bow tie after the ceremony mr and mrs stamos got into a vintage rolls royce and beamed loudly as they gazed out the back window or beamed broadly uh one day earlier caitlin was reportedly robbed of one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars worth of jewelry from the bungalow she was at in beverly hills hotel <coughs> how does that happen the website reports the pieces were on loan Planned. some some somebody knew that somebody seen her going with that jewelry or something like that like i guarantee that probably housekeeping to somebody mm i don't know the jewelry the jewelry was on loan from neil lane jewelry for the wedding the robbery occurred on friday at the hotel she was not in the bungalow at the time of the crime presumably at dinner man that's from like oceans 11 high shit mm-hmm. according to tmz there was no sign of forced entry and no suspects as of yet right inside job yeah she stole it herself possibility as soon as caitlin uh found out she called john to comfort her says tmz caitlin and john announced they were expecting a child in december two months after they got engaged uh she got down on one knee in october at, at disney's land what he got down i'm sorry the full house star announced the engagement news on instagram with a drawing of his and his fiance. yeah he wrote in the caption i asked she said yes and we lived happily ever after Caitlin shared two photos after he proposed complete with sebastian the crab and the little mermaid on the screens with the line go on and ask the girl she wrote i kissed the boy and said yes that's what you do when the sweetest most romantic prince charming treats you like a princess and asks you to be his um, she's probably been a fan of his ever since full house probably so. when she was two or three years old for real yes just saying everybody wanted to fuck up with jesse i mean i i get it girl live your life okay don't let these old helpers join don't let them judge you they was mm-hmm. all trying to get in jesse pants too mm-hmm uh malia obama is spotted smiling chatting with her posh british boyfriend in new york city oh malia out here dating uh one of them brits mm i guess so i guess so there was plenty of love and laughter as former daughter first daughter uh malia obama was spotted enjoying the company of her british beau rory farquharson farquharson in uh new york city on the weekend rory first entered the media spotlight when he was caught passionately kissing president barack obama's eldest daughter before a harvard yale football game in november 
and if these latest pictures are anything to go by the loved up couple are still going strong malia 19 who took a gap year before starting at harvard this fall met her sophomore boyfriend at their prestigious ivy league university they were spotted casually chatting and sitting together on saturday afternoon in new york city rory couldn't quite take his eyes off his pretty girlfriend while both kept themselves shielded from the weather in their designer winter coats you know i feel like you almost gotta be a white boy to step to malia obama because who else gonna have the confidence lord knows my black ass ain't got it you know <laughs> secret service looking into me and shit <laughs> you know they gonna everything about you gonna be known sir only the confidence of a mediocre white man to make you walk up to malia obama like i'm gonna holler at her i mean she kind of <laughs> got the confidence of her mama and her mama ain't nothing to play with man and like if you black and you cheat on malia obama everybody gonna kill you like not just, everybody everybody gonna kill your ass <laughs> your mama will kill your ass boy Woo, that's pressure you can't win no arguments that's pressure Mm-mm. right there uh they were spotted casually chatting and sitting together on saturday afternoon and so he, 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 he did him like they did atlanta don't just put me just mm-hmm. put me i don't know what i'm gonna do don't let me down if you let me down i don't know what i'm gonna do uh they were spotted how the black community gonna be looking at your black ass right only a white man think he can you probably think he could dog out and everything secret service gonna have something for him uh anyway come on uh they went out when he enjoyed a cigarette Uh uh-oh rory couldn't quite take his eyes off his pretty girlfriend while both kept themselves shielded from the weather in their designer winter coats his smoking habit is one that malia herself has enjoyed on occasion having been spotted previously smoking a cigarette her father barack was also a regular smoker prior to entering the white house yeah i also could picture um i also could picture like when when malia obama ghosts you it's just a whole other level of ghost yeah all of a sudden <laughs> it, like it ain't gonna be the same it's gonna be like um when she break up with you the secret service the whole team break up with you you just, you just gonna get a random text and somebody gonna show up and have, uh, your date is canceled uh forever mm-hmm. um be like uh all your access is denied like they show up with the men in black flashing thing come on make all you right. forget everything rory is a former head boy of rugby school one of the top public schools in the united kingdom and just a run below the most famous ethan the harrow according to insiders he's considered quite a catch rugby charges more than forty two thousand five hundred dollars a year for tuition and board and is well known for giving the world the game of rugby uh rory played the sport and was an extra in rugby a rugby video that played in the rugby world cup opening ceremony in 2015 um with prince harry also making an appearance in the clip the young man also represented the school at golf and was a member of the blue bunsen society of chemistry club yeah you know the other thing too i imagine is uh i mean that i like about malia obama is she just don't give a fuck nope she just she be just, out here like i'm gonna be partying you might see weed smoke on me you might see me at coachella uh just being a regular ass person she's like i'm not gonna let this shit stop me from being a kid fuck this shit According to his Twitter account, he seems interested in following in the banking footsteps of his father, Charles Farquharson, who is a chief executive and director of an investment fund management group in London. So, there you guys go. Um, see what else he got here. Um, 
a man is found guilty of calling the airports and reporting his father and brother as terrorists to stop them boarding flights because they got an invite to a wedding and he didn't what yeah you know how you don't get the invite oh this is definitely white news (laughs) he was upset an oregon man was so upset he didn't receive an invite to a family wedding he called two airports and reported that his brother and father were traveling as terrorists sparking an fbi investigation and that's why you didn't get invited right because you the type of person that would do something like that right police said sonny sonny donnie smith 38 placed two anonymous phone calls september 3rd 2016 to the security offices of mccarran international airport in las vegas and the midland international air and space port in midland texas claiming that his father and brother were terrorists traveling through the airports the calls prompted the fbi to get involved according to the oregonian the father and brother were temporarily detained at the airports and questioned by investigators when authorities realized they were not terrorists they were released Thanks to the FBI agents and partner agencies who worked this case, Mr. Mr. Smith quickly found this harassment was far from anonymous. Lauren Cannon, Oregon's FBI special agent in charge, told the outlet. Police said Smith made the calls because he was angry. He wasn't invited to a family wedding his father and brother were attending. Smith admitted to making the false calls in court on Tuesday, and he faces maximum sentence of two years in prison, a $250,000 fine, and a one year of supervised release. Uh, Smith is said to be sentenced May 10th so that's like the whitest shit you will ever hear in your life yeah you call the police and some niggas and get them harassed Mm-mm. Mm, i mean that's easy to do karen are you acting like that's i mean i mean i, mean, I can call I'm, you just say she's driving a car and they'll be like oh god pull her over that's not what i mean by the whitest thing ever getting somebody harassed i just mean it's white for him to fucking call and create a national international terrorist incident because he ain't get a wedding invite that's the whitest privilege of all oh yeah we we couldn't be family no more yeah that is the whitest privilege of all (laughs) inside of him he decided long ago Mm-mm. <laughs> that if you left him off the invitation <laughs> if he fails if he succeed <laughs> all right let's move on um he was gonna make sure what he dirt. went going with nobody going Mm-mm-mm. and guess what he still didn't go to the wedding nope I say I believe the mayo is the future. <laughs> I believe the mayo is our future. Spread it wide and let it eat the way. <laughs> oh well. Um <laughs> A man has his fingers cut off by a samurai sword. Oh! A man had two fingers chopped off with a sword as rival gangs arranged a fight in View Park last week. The fuck is this? The the greasers and the jets? Yeah! The fuck is I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) They had a rumble in the park? What the fuck? Snapping fingers and shit? What the fuck is happening? Boy, boy, crazy boy. I know what jackets are. Just keep it cool, boy. (laughs) Yeah, they had leather jackets jupiter be cool oh, no. there was horn random horn riffs in the background 
no bopping and shit moving to the <laughs> left and right what the fuck and especially if you don't know what's happening you're going where did this band come from why is everybody singing one of them name was johnny ah! <laughs> be cool johnny you be cool uh tensions have been rising in recent weeks following a series of raids by police which led to drugs being discovered at properties with accusations of grassing with being made uh things came ahead on monday as a fight took i don't know okay so fight took place near kew gardens with some participants said to be armed with a katana and a crossbow jesus oh Ah! johnny's got a wrench look out one local resident said we all know the area particularly around gas flats because doesn't have the best reputation but things have definitely escalated in the last few weeks since the police started carrying out raids and finding drugs somebody said that's another word for snitching mm, they've been grassing did you grass me johnny that definitely sound like a 60s term be cool bingo i don't know the other white and people i names. heard you was grassing on me mm-hmm. you always come down here you greasers and you outsiders hanging out with ah! the jets and the sharks <laughs> so this is jets territory <laughs> and we're not gonna take it anymore Boom. what <laughs> and a two and a three <laughs> and a spin and a heel and a toe and a in and out i know <laughs> two four six eight <laughs> somebody should do confusing a, people around him and shit people going what the fuck is happening so i should do a skit where somebody get like that gets in a fight with a regular person and just start counting and snapping and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 no. We started the music. We started the music. One, two, three. Kid of Hill should have done that already. <laughs> it's like, we're going to whoop your ass. Oh, that's. Is you ready to rumble? You want to get down? Johnny, hit it. Two and four and two, four, <laughs> six, eight. <clears throat> All right. Sorry. Well, <laughs> and spin and kick and twirl. They are blaming each other for t- tipping off the police or being a of being a grass, but they do at least st- seem to be containing their ire to those within that circle. I mean, yeah, you'd hate to get caught with a stray sword swing or a crossbow. Come on, see that's what's wrong with your kids in the hood. <laughs> this crossbow, the crossbow don't don't have no name on it. Mm-mm. That boy's about to go to college. Got shot by a crossbow. <laughs> Ah! Down at the basketball court. I told him not to be around there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Run! Just, just wouldn't listen. Run, Ricky! Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's always a fear that they kick in the wrong door at some point. Some residents understandably are nervous. When you hear guys are going out about with swords and crossbows and a guy getting two of his fingers chopped off, that is completely over the score. Well, it's That's a sword. It's a sword and crossbow. What y'all think was gonna happen? I mean, did the shit ain't made out of rubber? Fingers getting lost is actually kind of low on the list. Right, I was like, that's the least of your problems. Nobody died. Chief Inspector Mark. <laughs> well, maybe they not supposed to be getting hit with these things. I mean, when you're doing a twirl, and uh, <laughs> and the sword gets a little loose on the spin. I know. Bring bring it close to your body, Bobby. Right. You know uh chief inspector mark leonard our com- uh commander for our area commander for motherwell bill shell wishaw and shots moved to reassure the public as well as ask for their help he said we don't believe there's any danger to the wider public but we will move to deal robustly to with with any acts of, to something to with any acts of violence 
i would ask for the public's help if they have any information about the crimes particularly drug related oh so you want the public to grass mm-hmm. be out here grassing that's what got us in this situation in the first i know place. no grassing nobody be grassing you know who could have solved all this who if michael jackson would have showed up you ain't bad you ain't nothing and then they were like oh shit now this some, doom, doom, now this group doom, doom, they not playing doom, doom. your butt is mine <laughs> nypd uh latino dude help me out yeah <laughs> uh dude random man. dude for new york undercover come dance the most in, the more intelligent we are given the intelligence we are given and the more proactive we can be in any situation with any information call 101 and then they get some other digits that don't matter because we live in america all right guys ah! we'll, <laughs> we'll be back uh saturday with the feedback show um we appreciate y'all listening to whatever this was mm-hmm. um and, and thank y'all uh so much um uh this too much should be friday at 10 a.m uh and then after that we'll probably be off of this too much for two or three weeks because of the winter olympics oh yes right everybody taking a hot break yeah um and then uh uh yeah and just be on the lookout man we're we're everywhere uh so we'll talk to y'all soon Um, until then, I love you. I love you too.